This episode of The Local Bar is brought to you by Upside. If you have not heard of the Upside app, you are missing out. It is a way for you to get real cash back on things you buy like groceries, uh, gas, anything in a convenience store. But it's really handy when you go to the gas pump. Uh, the Upside app is very simple to use. You download it. You put your information in. You pull up to either your favorite store, your favorite gas station, check to see what the deals are. The next thing you know, you've got money going directly into your Upside account that you can pull out anytime you please. It is very easy. I have personally been using Upside for about four years now. And uh, one of these days, I need to go back and look and see if they've got a total of how much money that I've made from them. I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, if you travel, if you go out to eat a lot, but especially if your grocery stores are part of it, you automatically make a lot of money that you otherwise are just missing out on. The deal's there. It's just whether you get it or not. If you want to try Upside, I've got a special deal for you. Use the invite code CHAD2563. Again, that's C-H-A-D-2563 for an extra $0.10 cents off whenever you use uh, for the first time at a gas station. So get the Upside app today and start saving immediately. I also want to take a moment here and give a personal shout out to the Boatcast. It is the Rock Boats podcast that's put on by three fantastically, amazingly talented interviewers. Uh, but this this week, coming up on the 20th of January, they'll have a show with Bo Reinhardt. Now, Bo Reinhardt was one of the brothers that started Need to Breathe. He has gone off on his own for about a year or so now. The reasons he went off aren't exactly what you may know. It's a show that's going to talk a little bit about the creative side of music, going off and being brave on your own, and that whole process that, that someone who leaves a very successful band would go through. But it's not only about that. It's about uh, mental health. It's about a little heartache and a couple of other things. I would not miss this show if I were you. Check them out, The Boatcast. You can find them anywhere you get your podcast. And uh, when you go, tell them Chad sent you. You said what? You're listening to The Local Bar Podcast with your host, Chad Alexander. Come on in. We have a lot of friends we want you to meet. Well, hello there. Hi, Chad. <laughs> From beautiful downtown Columbia, South Carolina, looking right in the heart of Rosewood, this is The Local Bar. I am your host, Chad Alexander. Of all the places you could be, you decided to spend some time with us today. For that, we're incredibly grateful. How you doing? Local Bar can be found on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart. All the places you get your good and your bad podcasts. You can find us, friend us, follow us over on the Facebooks. Uh, Local Bar Media there. Comments, questions, condolences. Maybe uh, suggestions to have better guests. Send that to Chad at localbarmedia.com. You know, last week I had Hank Thorpe on the show. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a reintroduction to a lot of things, getting the show back up and rolling for the year. And that was a good one. He's a good guest. Yeah. Like oh. he like he is uh he's a good like conversationalist, like you said. Good. Have you you've met him? I'm not, so no, you're not. You've prepare you, yourself. You've met him before. I met him at wedding. your wedding. I met him wedding. wedding. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's oh, this is this is really hot. Everything is really hot. Is it really hot? Is that what you said? Yeah. Like well, I turned it because because you weren't talking to the mic. Okay, I know. But now I am, or whatever. Just turn down like a hair. That's all. How's hey, that? That's better. Yeah. You feel good about that? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Man, we got all this stuff going. We got sirens going. We got dogs wailing in the backyard. You can you can tell it's a Don Merkel kind of night. So, <laughs> so without further ado, joining me <laughs> in this absolute. Mess of a show is Don Merkel. Don, this, how you doing? This is never. <laughs> this is never going on. The, uh, oh no, this is going. This is going. So, uh, Hank. Um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, I don't know if you if you knew the story. I met Hank at um, my friend Jeff's wedding. He grew up with my buddy Jeff. Mm -hmm. He grew up in New Jersey, and I had never met Hank before until Jeff's wedding. And uh, we, 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 we instantly connected and had a blast. And then um, I, um, I never saw him again, but we connected over podcasts because we were both we both had them and we both figured that out. And so 
Uh, I'd be on his show a lot. He ran all of the above radio out of Dallas, and it was um, it was great. He, did you ever listen to this show? No. He did a lot of music on his show. Well, um, speaking of Dallas, anyway. Carry on, carry on, carry on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we uh, and so we reconnected, and so I invited him to the wedding because he was mm-hmm. he was a you know Maria really got into the, his show, and we mm-hmm. she had been on the show quite a few times, so he came and hung out at our wedding. Mm-hmm. So we laughed because yeah. the only two times we've ever hung out were at weddings, and then he got married uh, last year, right? Right? Yeah. And so we went out to Austin for his awesome wedding. Yeah. His wedding was amazing. I, I heard those podcasts like with his wife too. His wife does like a. Something with uh, cleaning up house or not? I mean, can people do like clutter, like declutter? Yeah, like the decluttering stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Haley and she, mm-hmm. uh, and so we went and hung out with them. And so the only time Hank and I, all through the years, have ever hung out in person, has been at a wedding, and mm-hmm. that's just that's kind of a weird thing. So, well, strangely, the only time I've ever hung out with him <laughs> was that one wedding. <laughs> that one wedding, and the only time I ever probably spoke to him. I don't remember. But I've listened to him on your show before, and uh, seems like a very nice guy. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a cool very, guy. Very funny too. Like, like yeah. I said, y'all's conversation is always great because it's it's just funny, and you're both back and forth, and there's not a whole lot of ums and ahs like this conversation is going to be. It's going to be a lot of uh, you know, that sort of thing. But not yeah. with you guys. Yeah, it's really good. Well, he's he's a professional in understanding what people want to hear. Mm-hmm. It's something you're not really good with. Um, I'm professional in a lot of different ways. <laughs> Uh, podcasting isn't one of my professions. It's arguably your profession, but uh, I digress. It will be when I go to my kid's uh, <laughs> career day. I've, I've been asked to speak at uh, Sterling's career day because she thinks her mom's job is too boring. And so I'm trying to think, uh, do I say the, the medical sales or do I say podcasting? And what did she say? Just tell everybody that you're famous and something. Tell you're famous uh, – and that you You'd walk dogs or something like that. You're like an you're an astronaut. You're an astronaut. Astronaut. Or something. Tell people I'm an astronaut. Yeah. Did you ever? Was it the first City Slickers where uh, uh, Billy Crystal went to his kids' career day and he like an advertised salesman? So we're like, yeah, I sell ads in the air. And like, oh, so you sell? So you make the commercials? He goes, no, no, I sell the, I sell the airtime. <laughs> so you sell air? <laughs> it's like, well, I'm just like, it's more, it's more complicated than that. And they're like, how more complicated is it? And he just couldn't say anything. And then the fireman came in, and like, <laughs> all the kids everyone, went nuts. Everyone loved him, and he was yeah. just like dejected. That sounds about <laughs> right. That sounds about right. <laughs> all right, we had our first Are accident. You we had our first accident on this Jesus show. Christ. So, first of all, you need to clean up this studio, Don. I'm going to start calling this studio the fridge. Why is that? Are you cold? Oh, yeah, I'm cold. I'm over here warm. But I'm, it's, I'm good. I know. You're over by the... Over by the heater. The heater. It's because it's, it's my damn studio. He doesn't no. want his guests to be relaxed. No. He wants them to be in a cold environment uh, for the grilling, I guess. I don't know yeah. what's going to happen, actually. That's why you're in that really big comfy chair. Yeah. Yeah. Why, it is yeah. a comfy chair, but it's also cold. So Don is here recording his newest album. Mm-hmm. At the Jam Room, you give the Jam Room a shout out, which they've started a podcast too. Have you listened to it? Yeah, I listened to two because I knew, like, I listened to the one um, Evan was on. Like, yeah, the second one. Maybe. Yeah, and I listened to another one. I can't remember who it was. Might have been, the, might have been Moses. Moses was on yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That one, yeah. Moses was on that one. He was wanting. He actually put out into Facebook. I'm gonna call him out. He put out on the Facebook. <clears throat> Hey, I'd like to be on somebody's music podcast. And Robert Dew was like, well, mm-hmm. Chad didn't do a music podcast, but he has musicians on it from time to time. And he didn't know, so thanks, Moses, for listening. And then uh, I reached out to him, and he's like, yeah. And then he got really busy, and then I saw him on the Jam Room podcast. I'm like, you know what, Moses? <laughs> <laughs> you, can take, you can take your little Jam Room podcast. But, no, they've got um, – Jam Room is a recording studio here, downtown Columbia, Um been very successful. A lot of a lot of good albums have been uh, recorded there. They've been kind of a uh, a mainstay here in this area for a long time, and uh, and they are like literally what five blocks down the street. Mm-hmm. So um, Don is uh, recording there a new album. We'll go crazy on this. We'll probably talk a little bit more about it when it's coming out, but it won't be long. But you're in the middle of recording now, and that yeah. seems to be going pretty well. Got some yeah, it's going great. Really cool guys you're working with. Zach Thomas and Evan Simmons. They're uh, they've produced my last album, and then they're producing this one. Um, except we're doing it. It's 
you know, we talked about this before. Recording is a there's just many different ways that there's no right way I think to record. Last time we recorded, we recorded over a long period of time, mostly because of COVID. Oh yeah. Um, and we recorded like one song at a time, and I record on the weekends, and it took like a, over a year because we had a lot of time. This time we decided I had all the songs ready, and I, I gave them to to Zach and. Evan and they on their own went around and, and like made their own uh, thoughts on it and plans. And then we got together and talked about it. We, it was a proper, it was a proper, uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, post or, or pre-production work, you know? So we had a plan, we had demos, we had, we did, did all right. And so now we're just hitting the ground running. Like we're, this whole week, we're just recording all week. And then we're going to do one more week uh, after next with all the sort of bells and whistles and then kind of see where we're at. But it's going really well, and it's not how I usually record, at least not in a while. Yeah, um, but it's it's going really well. And Zach and Evan are just are really amazing, and I love them to death. Yeah, they're they're cool. It was fun to go over today and watch, and it's funny because you were telling me that that what what you know it's kind of like being in the military. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. You do a lot of stuff mm-hmm. real fast, mm-hmm. and then the guys that are doing all the technical stuff are trying to figure some things out because you you got in you 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 started on monday monday start yeah. on monday yeah. and you were able to lay down all the vocals for yeah. the whole album like really quick so mm-hmm. it's allowed there to be uh, what it seems like from what you're telling me today a little bit more space with trying out other stuff mm-hmm. so it was great so whenever when i stopped by today to check out and see how things were going we were in uh in, in the the part of the recording studio that your people are used to seeing there the, this guy behind a big computer looks like he works from nasa and he's sitting there like uh going over a couple of things and um, Evan was in the other room, just beating on some drums, trying mm-hmm. to get something right. They were they were running like, uh, like five different tracks on this one drum thing, mm-hmm. but it was hilarious though. It's great. It's it's like it's the kind of stuff like this that I love seeing though. They're the both of them are in there. They've got their notes. He comes back in for a second. Oh, let me go back out there and try it again. Mm-hmm. And it's almost akin to um, when you watch like a like a, a action movie that's got and I can't think like like Tom Cruise is trying to break the sound barrier. So let me go back out and try it one more time. So he goes back out, and he comes back into the guy at air traffic control. No, you didn't break it this time. Let me go back out. He's just keep, constantly come back in, yeah. got some notes, walking around, no shoes on, trying to figure something out. <laughs> and what I loved is he's like, what we need is like something that's got, I can't find the sound I want. We need to like beat on the side of a file cabinet or something. And yep. it's Zach's like there. He's like, yeah, a file cabinet. Yeah, he's like, Maybe we should try that. Do we have a file cabinet here? Except that they're running a mic into the other room, mm. and uh, he's beating on the side of a file cabinet in five different ways to try mm-hmm. to find the sound. Mm-hmm. And it's it's that kind of it's that kind of stuff that I love. That like that that whole idea of being someone that's like I know the sound that I want. I can't quite think of what it is. I'm going to find it somewhere in the studio. If it's not on a proper instrument, I'm going to make one. Mm-hmm. That that kind of stuff is wild to me. I like I love that stuff. Yeah, and I and I've. You know, I've worked with a lot of different people. I've I've made a lot of albums, um, uh, but they they are uniquely gifted, in my opinion, having worked with a bunch of people, in just sort of like visualizing, uh, if you if you will, visualizing sound. And that's that that's the opposite of what I meant. But it's sort of they they can hear it right, and they yeah. and, and they and they listen. They find sounds. They find sounds that they can think ahead of what the sound might do later on. And so they're really good at figuring out what sound is right for what song or what mood or what vibe, what what we're going for. And and they work great together. That's the other thing. Like as yeah. a pair. It's kinda like they're they're like two two heads on one body almost. Like they they work great as a pair. They're they're great individually, but as a pair they're like a superhero. I think that's the thing that I caught on really quickly. And it really amazed me. Like, Zach's there behind the computer board. He's got Pro Tools up, and he's rocking and rolling with it. He's hitting different tracks. He's pulling up different things. And as they were recording, you know, part of this is working together for so long, but Evan needed to start and stop somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he got to some point, and it was when he was doing the drums, and it was off. And Zach automatically knew to start it back over. Mm-hmm. Or he cut it and went back. But when he went back, he only gave him one measure instead of two measures that time. And didn't say it. And then he came back. He's like, okay, I'm going to go back to giving you two measures. I'm like, how did he know to only give him one? Like, they, they had this unspoken communication. Yeah. Even though they were talking, you could tell that they both had an idea of 
of how things work between the two of them. So they knew how to make things very. I mean, when you're in the studio, you're paying for time. Like mm-hmm. their time in there is paid for by mm-hmm. Don Merkel Media or whatever it would be. <laughs> and uh, Don Merkel Core. Yeah, they didn't look like they were wasting any time by any means. No, no, and they're and and you're right. But they they're friends. Yeah. First off, and they've worked a lot together. They made a lot of music together, and Evan especially uh, has done a lot of studio work. And because Zach is an engineer um, and his friend, they work a lot together. And they're all like in the jam room community as well. So they're all working at the jam room as well. So the environment they're all comfortable comfortable in, they're comfortable with each other. They sort of speak the same language. Like I said, the last album, it took us a while. But at some point, we started speaking the same language. And what I mean is we just we were sent, we knew what we were talking about. We could say something. Yeah. And then we know we were talking you about it. You just go right into it, yeah. Right. I wouldn't have to articulate the thing specifically i would just have to like you know hey this thing right here and like automatically they knew because we we've been talking about it we sort of developed that language in the you know months that we hung out together so they kind of have their own language i guess what i'm saying yeah and the pros especially evan's a real pro as a as a studio musician and so yeah he doesn't need a lot of um uh you know takes really yeah sure I mean, he likes to take a lot of takes but he doesn't need a lot of time to get the time frame down. He can listen to a click. He can listen to what's going on, and he can put it together, and he can be in time, and he can be in key. And the only real thing is like, well, did I want to do that? Or did I want to do this? Yeah. Does, it, does it sound better when I do this way? Or does it sound better when I do it that way? And that's the fun part, um, figuring out what sounds best and doing a bunch of different things and going, all right, well, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds best. I know that it's it's been a while since you recorded River of a Ghost, but it seemed like this album came fast, or is that just because you – Played your cards close to the chest and didn't let everybody know what you were doing. Yeah, I think this. I don't think this album came fast at all. I mean, recording it fast. No, I mean when you sent me all your uh, all your scratch stuff, that felt like that felt like fast. But maybe you just been. No, I've been working on writing the songs for well over a year, um, and when I got all of them to where I wanted them, and I contacted uh, Zach and Evan about it, and they were like, "Hey, let's this time." Let's get all our ducks in a row at the beginning, so that because they're you know they're producing this album, and they wanted to like have a full like plan of production as opposed to before we went song by song. Yeah, we had a bunch of time, and uh, we were still. I mean, even though we end, at the end of the process we were good friends, we were still kind of getting to know each other, kind of thing. And so they wanted like time to put together a plan time for us to like all right so they went out and they went out and found sounds just in the uh just found sounds like they recorded stuff going on in the streets recorded stuff going on at a at a factory and and, and different noises just to to add to the uh to the to the mix later on you know to give it something else so yeah they wanted to they wanted to, to uh get a full uh time to produce the album as opposed to the way we did it last time and so and I appreciated that. Yeah. And um, and so that's why it, it's, it seems like it's going really fast because it is we're recording it very fast. We're recording it differently. But I've been writing the songs for well over a year, playing them for a long time for over a year. And I just now is the opportunity I had to do it. Gotcha. Well, it's fascinating. Is yeah, it? I think it's fantastic. Thanks, John. Yeah. I'm glad you yeah. think it's fascinating. It's it was fun to be in there today, though. <laughs> it was neat to be able to watch all that. It's, I think whenever you see people – Really letting uh, the art kind of find them, they, you know, like, you're like just sitting there, like it, it's it's easy to understand somebody who's painting, you know, or somebody who maybe that's not painting. Painting still floors me sometimes because I don't understand how people can see the picture before they start painting it, so they know what to do with shades. But someone who's doing something like with a pencil, and if they have to erase anything, you you can you can kind of understand that. Mm-hmm. Guys that can like see the bigger picture with a sound, mm-hmm. that that's crazy. Watching them build it up, that was a, that was a lot of fun to watch that today. That was really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're really good at that. Evan especially really good at that. Yeah. So the album will be out Marchish, Aprilish. Uh, that's the plan at the moment. I mean, you know, there's still possibly you know there's still anything could happen at this point. But right now it's going well, and the idea is to try to have it out. By the spring, maybe late spring. Yeah, but it also depends on what if I can get all my stuff together. Like I'm, I'm also working on 
you know, new website, new marketing, new logos, new pictures, new, new everything really for this year. And, and if we can get this done in time, then yes, I want to put it out in the spring. But if it makes more sense, if I don't have everything together at that moment, then it might be better to push it off to the fall. Not sure yet, but my plan is the spring. Gotcha. So, yeah, April, March. And then you have all the, the paintings that you're doing. And right. The, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you're um, – that the book you're writing, which we haven't even talked about, about yeah. about uh, ballet, which yeah, well, is interesting, in, 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 because it doesn't go along with the album it's at all. Interpretive dance, it's not interpretive bad. dance it's not is bad. different. Yeah. I, that was one of the funniest things you said to me. Um, is when you were trying to describe when you got here the other night, and you're trying to describe where they're wanting to go, and you're like, it's got more, it's got more like dance to it, and it was like, <laughs> like, like nothing you've written has ever been accidentally taken as a dance track. <laughs> but well. sitting in there today, I got where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have used that term to to describe well, it. <laughs> as a, as a I dance guess what track. I guess what I think of is like dancing. Those kids today, <laughs> they're dance tracks that they've got that about I, the murdering I, people. I danced to it. I I wanted it to be like, uh, <laughs> like sneaky dancing. First like, of <laughs> all, you wouldn't dance to it because I've never seen you dance at all. Well, that's 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 your opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted it to be a sneaky a sneaky dance album. That's what I wanted it to be. <laughs> you know, was it uh, Brockman, the guitarist for the Blacksmiths, has talked all the time about wanting to make some kind of hip hop album yeah. mm-hmm. with like folk music. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe he had finally convinced you. And that's what it well, was. Well, no, we no, we've talked about that a lot. We haven't. I know you guys are. You, I thought you were joking when you first said it. No. Y'all are dead serious about that. Dead serious. And he made some. He made some beats. He went to. <laughs> say he went to school. He went hip hop school. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to get him on to tell you about it. But I, he went. He took some classes. At like for like DJing or something like that, like how to like make <laughs> you were not serious. Are no, you I'm serious? Totally serious. Like how to make beats and how to put beats together, that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, and we jokingly called it. He went to hip hop school, and uh, <laughs> so he, he made a bunch of beats and he sent them to me, and I was supposed to write uh, a rap over it because I, I really wanted to do this, but for some reason, uh, like the beats he created, they were really cool, but they were so it was so uh, complicated. And I'm, you know, amateur at best rapper. So I was like, I need like some simpler beats to rap over. I can't, I don't think I can, I, I wasn't feeling it anyway. So, if I, if I lay down, if I lay down some tracks, will you throw some, will you spit some game back at me? Will sure. You? I'm not a freestyler. I'd have, to, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to write it down and like practice it and get back to you. But yeah, yeah, I would. I absolutely would. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have now figured out what this studio is going to be known for. We are going to do all of our hip hop. <laughs> People who know me know uh, how much I love hip hop. Like that's that's mostly what I listen to. I get that. What and the reason I'm laughing so hard and in people y'all, if you're listening and, and this is not video, you have to understand. So Jason Brockman has been on the show. He's on the show a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, love him to death. He's one of my favorite people in the world. An absolutely insane musician. But Jason Brockman, like seeing him at hip hop school would be hilarious. Like I don't know that I've ever seen him not in Carhartts or overalls. Yeah. I mean he he's got like he he's got like vintage sewing machines mm-hmm. that he tinkers with and mm-hmm. rebuilds and stuff. Like he is mm-hmm. he's a genius when it comes to yeah. the mechanics of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. For guitarist friends out there, he built he built his own B bender, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like so, I mean, he's amazing. But he, with his uh, beard and glasses and Carhartts, I, he would not be the first person you would expect would be signed up for. No, but if but if you know school. Jason, you know, it would make sense. Yeah, yeah, he's got and, some hip hop in him. He yeah, <laughs> I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. But <laughs> I don't know. I guess. Not to put so much on stereotypes, but if you were to look at our old band, I don't know that he'd be the first you would choose to say no, he's the sure. one making the beats in the band. Yeah, right. right. We probably wouldn't say that about any of us, but yeah, I, <laughs> probably you're right. not. I mean, you're right. Yeah, you're you're right. Look at Brian. Would you sometimes would you pick him out to be the drummer? You never know. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Pass me one of the beers while you're down there. Uh, Jason, we give Jason a shirt. Says I went to hip hop school. Did you really? Are you? We no, need no, to we need one. to. Oh, right. 
Dead air is great for podcasts. It's one of my favorite things about, uh, about doing <laughs> in studio work with these. Uh, so um, we missed the opportunity to watch the Cowboys game together, which yeah. I'm very glad about. We we did watch that <laughs> Eagles massacre last night. Um, I thought about you a lot though watching that. Cowboys you know, game. I know you did because all of you jack- textures. <laughs> all you jackasses were telling me how much you thought about me. I've had family members die. Two family members die over the past six months. I heard from all of my closest guy friends the most during that Cowboys game, and it wasn't condolences. <laughs> Sports is funny like that. Sport, like you know, guys, you, you hear that all the time about how guys, um, you know, uh, g- girls will talk bad about each other behind their backs, but guys talk bad to each other about you know in front of their face, but good about each other behind their backs. Or some some jazz like that. There's some there's some uh, very well written, eloquent saying that's a lot better than what I just said. But um, mm-hmm. when it comes to sports, if you're a Dallas Cowboy friends, your friends are relentless. I've learned that throughout my years. Yeah, well, that's kind of your fault for being a Dallas Cowboys fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. There, there's something there about that. I mean, I don't know. I got sold a bad bill of goods. You know, three Super Bowls in four years. You yeah. think that there's yeah. no way those are the last ones you're ever gonna see? If they haven't spectacularly failed so yeah, often so recently, so it wouldn't bad. be. It wouldn't be so funny. But it's like, it's it, it's. I don't think you've even said it. It's, you can just predict it. You can see it happening. Like, it's pointless to even get excited about it. Oh, wow, they had a great season. Oh, wow, Dak Prescott uh, is MVP-level quarterback. And then first game of the playoffs, before oh, before yeah. the snap, you go, yeah, they're going to look. He's going to throw two picks. He's you can look in his <laughs> eyes, and he looks lost, and it's like, it's coming. Yeah. It, it's so funny. Um, it's not that they don't have talent. It's not like they're one of those teams that you look at and say, no, they're not talented, but, man, during the middle of the season, they're playing well beyond. Like, the the drafts are, are, are well done, and it's not like just all Cowboys saying, oh, we've won the draft, which is dumb when anybody says that. Mm-hmm. But, like, everybody will look. I mean, I remember when we drafted Micah Parsons. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, I hate that he's a Cowboy because he's good. Like, it, you know this. Yeah. He's great. And it's so it's not like we're that young team that's new, that's not really put together, but man, somehow they're making it. No, it's like you're supposed to be there, and then it's just utter yeah. failure. Well, that's the other thing. You're right, because they, they spend a ton of money. They do have really good talent. I mean, Micah Parsons is amazing. I mean, he was nowhere to be seen in the last in, in that playoff game for some reason. I don't know if he made it. I don't uh, know that he made it. He may uh <laughs> CD Lamb's been amazing. He was nowhere to that's be seen a, in yeah. that game. That, that was D that was DC Lamb. That was this, you know there's a there's a for for anybody who's old enough to remember um Ronde and Tiki Barber. Uh Ronde, make sure I say this right. Ronde played safety for the Bucks. Tiki Barber was the running back for the Giants. And there is a it's a wives' tale as far as I've – because I've never heard that either one of them's ever – other than hinting at it just in fun, but that they switched places. Like, one of them was, didn't have a game, and they switched places. And, like, either Rondé went to play running back at the Giants or Tiki went to play – I never like, heard this one. And so anyway, so I think it's I think it's completely crap because yeah. you know it, these guys have to know the plays and they've there's so much that they've got to know that they're not going to be able to just tell the other one before they go there. Anyway, did they uh, parent trap the NFL? That's, that's <laughs> exactly <laughs> they like parent trap. I felt like CD's twin brother DC showed up in that game. And DC's not really known for playing football. He's a great insurance adjuster, mm-hmm. but he wanted to get a chance at a playoff game, mm-hmm. and he was out there. And it was the perfect time it was to the do time. it. Jesus, it was terrible. First game of the wild card. <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. It's the absolute worst. But yes, it's like well, also, also, I don't have a team. You have a team, and you're very, you know, even though you're at least in the past few years been pretty realistic about what's going to happen. You definitely love your, you love your team. Like yeah. You love Dallas. All we talk about is Dallas Cowboys. It's uh, and so that's funny too because I don't have a team. I like I me. Mean, I like players. I grew up. I, there, there was never uh, a team in South Carolina or even close. The Panthers came along well when I was an adult, so I didn't yeah. really care yeah. about them. Uh, I like players. I grew up as liking players. I was a I, I played football too, but I only liked players and I followed them around. So I didn't really have a team to root for. I just root for people that I liked. So it's different. 
And so people I know who are like diehard fans of a specific team, like I have good yeah. friends who are big time New York Giants fans. I, yeah. love, I love watching them lose too, only because they lose their minds. Like I don't, right. I don't want the teams <laughs> right. to lose. Like I'm not, I'm not that invested in it. But watching them lose their minds is the funny stuff. That's it the is. Funny stuff. Um, it's it's funny. A, a long time ago, there was a guy, he's a sports writer for um, Post and Courier, Ken Berger. Is he still there? Do you, ever, do you know if he's still there? He know. may not be alive. I don't know. He's a really cool guy. He was, when I was with College Charleston, he uh, was the big, he was like the big sports writer. He was good. He was good. Mm-hmm. His columns are always really, really well done. I would, I was one of those guys that when he wrote, you wondered why he wasn't national mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like he was, he was really good. Um, I think he just, I think he was like one of those guys that found Charleston like in the 70s. Is like, why would I ever want to get a job somewhere else? I'm fine where I am. And, um, but I remember him talking to me one day. We were on a road trip somewhere, and he was like, uh, "He's like, I knew I wanted to be a journalist because I never was a fan of teams. I was always a fan of players mm-hmm. and their stories and all that kind of stuff." He's like, "Teams just seem to get in the way," <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I kind of get that." And that was about the same time that fantasy football was becoming a thing through like Yahoo. I mean, fantasy football's existed for a while, mm-hmm. but where people could come in and play it easier is, is is able to get there. And I suddenly got what he meant because there's. The Cowboys. I wanted to watch the Cowboys. That's the game I wanted to watch. But suddenly I've got guys that play for two teams in the AFC that weren't like – so back then the the Browns and the Bengals were nothing. Mm-hmm. But, man, I was watching the Browns and Bengals game at the yeah. local sports bar because I got a receiver and a, and a kicker in this game and I want to watch it. Mm-hmm. And suddenly it's like, you know, yeah, part of it is because I want to see my fantasy football team do well, but – that guy was on my team last year, and I'm wondering how he's doing this year. And I'm, mm-hmm. no, I have no other interest, but I remember pulling for him last year. And if I was coming from the, that sports writer angle, that makes a lot of sense to suddenly um, not be blinded by the naivety any of us that have on our team when it's the first week of the season. We're mm-hmm. all headed to the, towards the Super Bowl. That That's not even playing in your mind, and you're not blinded by that, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I, I've always thought that's a neat way to look at some sports. What's well, emotional, right? You have an emotional yeah. connection yeah. to it, and that definitely blinds you to, you know, that's when you started thinking, we got a chance. Like, eh, <laughs> yeah. do you, though? Yeah. <laughs> What's bad is when your record says you do, and then the playoffs <laughs> say you don't. <laughs> I, mean, I watched that game. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing, and, and I hate to say it like this, but – there's a part of me that would have rather us imploded like the Eagles so mm-hmm. I could see it coming to where they played like crap over seven games leading into the playoffs mm-hmm. rather than us going gangbusters, mm-hmm. seemingly getting better, and then coming in and laying the worst egg I've ever seen at home yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't even as close as the final two. No, made no. It look like. Yeah, because they had their backups in with six minutes left to go. Mm-hmm. After the game, Dak Prescott was like, yeah, I finally got it going. You did against their backups. <laughs> I mean, which was funny because Greg Olson was like, I don't know that these guys should be taking the tape off their hands. I remember when he said that. He's like, it is, it is, it could happen. But he, I mean, even he didn't think it would. But he's like, this is all of a sudden starting to get that feel. But no, that was okay. We ended up fumbling or doing something else but uh, but it's always it's always great when you've got good friends that uh i'm sitting there and the phone just starts the phone just starts vibrating and i know it's text and then i look and you even have you have the audacity oh, yeah. to call me during the game <laughs> yeah, it's like get out of here don merkel i'm not picking that phone up <laughs> the thing is like the 10 minutes into the game that's when the memes start like, yeah, it's just yeah. meme after meme after meme, and a lot of them are really funny, and I have to send them to you. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yes. oh, this is great. Yes, because memes have shelf lives. It won't be as good. This isn't yeah. funnier tomorrow. It's funny now. That's it's right. funny right now because you need to see this thing and be uh, upset about it. You know, one of the, speaking speaking of memes, one of the you know, I I, I don't know. I, I guess it started for a lot of people, but I think for a lot of us during COVID, when we were all locked up. We had this thing, uh, Marie and I, you and Brooke, and Ace and Jamie, our friends Ace and Jamie, um, would meet together for happy hours like people would do. We watched uh, a couple concerts, Sack Squatch mm-hmm. concert, mm-hmm. all hanging out over uh, over Zoom. That became the, mm-hmm. like Zoom had a chance. Zoom had a chance 
to become like the biggest thing. I don't know who flopped on them and why they didn't continue on. But um, aside from that, though, when we all started going back to daily work, we we had a text chat, which it, w- between us and the, amongst the six of us is a four year long running pretty fire meme thread. <laughs> that's going on i mean like we've like and then you ace and and our friend guthrie and i have one just for stuff that we would find funny that was kind of nerdy and sports related that maybe not everybody would really care for but that one that we have in that group of six of us that i mean so i think somebody should be recording some of that (laughs) some of those are pretty damn good we all go to the reaches of the earth to find these. Oh, yeah. And what's really funny is we, we very few times do we ever get repeats. Yeah. It's, it's almost like, you know, everybody catches something new and mm-hmm. it's usually something that I haven't even seen before. They're there. That's a, that's a pretty good meme thread. Yeah. The meme game is strong. Uh, but I mean, I occasionally make some memes, but I usually just <laughs> steal them from other people. Yeah. Like yeah. And it's just our personal threads. I'm not like, you know, trying to bogart any, anybody's creativity, but it's just between us. I'm like, Oh, well, this is, this is hilarious. I can't believe it. And uh, it's usually something uh, either completely almost almost dad joke worthy, yeah, yeah, to wildly inappropriate, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it runs the gamut. What's well, <laughs> my favorite though is every now and then when I'll read one and it's incredibly inappropriate and it's one of the girls and not us, right? Yeah, and that always right. surprises uh, me. Like, like out of all of them, Brooke is the one I I never expect that from. And when when one pops up, I'm like, oh my gosh! Oh yeah, that's an extra. Look at Brooke on there. That's, that's an extra ten points. That that's is. What about uh, one of my favorite things I do to you guys though is I will um, usually early in the morning. And it started really because I didn't want to blow Maria's phone up. She now has like that, that thread is silenced until like six o'clock or something <laughs> like that. But I would just come across like meme after meme. It just seemed like I'd have them and I would save them because I didn't want to wake everybody up. But mm-hmm. when I knew like, you know, Jamie gets up at five mm-hmm. and I, I knew like, I knew you got up early. So then I was like, you yeah, know what? Finally, like, like I'd, I'd find them in the middle of the night if I was up for some reason. And then I just start sending them. And uh, yeah, you said like 10. I, it's like you don't want anybody to steal your meme. <laughs> send it first. You send ten memes in it, a row. It I'm is, like, whoa! It is like meme bombing. But what's so funny is, you know, the, I assume you're drunk when you're sending these. So I'm going to say what I'm doing. But uh, they're the bad thing is like they're all like they look like they're spliced together. So sometimes I'm like, I really got to make sure that these aren't like run on <laughs> sentences. And then if somebody gives a ha ha, are they giving a ha ha to all of them or just to that one? I, I don't really yeah. know. And I get, I get. Uh, that's, that becomes exhausting. Like, all right, all right, how can I laugh at all of them without laughing at each individual? And it's like Jesus Christ. But the truth <laughs> of the matter is, is like it's usually like that when that happens. It, it's a pretty safe bet that I'm on the toilet. That's, that's what it is. I'm just going ahead and let you know. That's that's what's well, going on. You probably do this too, but I also I like bank some memes. I'm like I'll find something. Like oh, that's gonna be funny later. Yeah, like, I'll find that something's gonna happen. That's gonna be right on time. And so I'll bank like five or six memes because. Eventually, someone's going to say something where that's going to that's be, gonna like be good. The ultimate response. You know, it's funny because there have been a lot of times I've seen that more in just regular text with you. You'll throw something back pretty quick, and I'm like, mm-hmm. ah, what? that came out of nowhere. <laughs> so I understand that now a little bit better. I need to do this. The the type A part of my brain doesn't exist, but I need to to be one of these people that makes a meme folder. So I can just save them to that meme folder because I'll just save them to photos. They get lost in the ether, you know, that might be going a little too far. (laughs) A meme (laughs) folder. Well, when you have a meme game as strong as ours, when you have meme folder number two, that's when I think that's 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 when you're pushing it. Yeah. When all of a sudden, like you're uh, you're, you're like, what's the the Google Drive comes back as like you've uh, you've exhausted this meme folder. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So. Let's talk about uh, fantasy football for a second. Okay. I've never, like, I only started playing it recently because you kind of forced us to. Um, but I don't I, I don't even understand. I mean, I, it doesn't really enhance the game for me. But uh, I do find myself wondering what people are doing. But I guess the point is I end up, like, having the best – record in the league and somehow i'm in third at the end of the day like i don't, I don't get it's the most frustrating thing about fantasy football so uh, so i got into fantasy football back and also people um, one more thing also people i know who don't even watch football yeah they win 
All they the time. win all the time. Like, yeah, they win all the time. I don't understand. So, um, here's the thing about fantasy football for anyone who tuned in because you want to know me and Don Markle's opinion about fantasy football. This is this is all the answers right here. The funny thing about fantasy football, I remember back um, probably 1996, 97, Yahoo came out with their fantasy football thing. Mm-hmm. Jumped on board, and it's very much like it is now. It has gone through iterations and come right back to where it started mm-hmm. because they tried to do things differently. And, um, you know, I think any of us that first started playing fantasy football, we all do the same thing. If you have a team, what's bad mm-hmm. is you'll go and choose all your players. Like, I want all the players from my team. And then you realize really bad that that's dumb. Right. Well, that's what I did at first, too. I don't have a team, but I knew what players I liked. Right. Like, and they win games. Right. But they don't. They don't. But the score they is. They don't get on stats. Right. <laughs> so here's what's funny, though, for, for, your, for your information. I, I'll never forget that there was a, just. Five, six, seven years into me playing fantasy football, someone would have a league that they're like, it's a points league. Mm-hmm. Whoever has the most points at the end of the league, mm. that's the winner. And um, it it was boring. It was really boring. And a lot of people had them, and they were fine because it's it's like you said, like you, I've I've picked who's going to do this. But for some reason, when I've got these guys and I have to go up against Ace, mm. for some reason this week. Ace is going to beat me out this week, even if it's one point. And it's, it's, it, it causes you to look at a couple of things. Does my quarterback play better indoors than he does outdoors? One of the things that I do all the time is I'm constantly picking kickers that play in domes. And I'll, I'll trade a kicker out. Um, it's, uh, th- it's like you have to look at little things. So even though you may have what is overall, overarching through the, the entire year, I've scored the most points. Well, during some games, maybe you blew some people out, but then some other games you still lost. Because that was the thing. Like Your team was awesome. It was great. And then you got into the playoffs and you pulled the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. And you lost that first week. And then you're like, why am I not in the championship game? It's like, because you, you lost. Well, I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't that that's realize how it playoffs. worked? Yeah. I didn't realize the playoffs were even happening because our commissioner doesn't ever talk to us. <laughs> commissioner of the league doesn't ever say a word, especially since he's not winning every Well, because he, he was in third and he didn't want <laughs> you to pay attention to so that. So I had no idea. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I had the best I have the best uh, uh, record and the most points, and I'm playing in the final game. I thought there was a championship. I wasn't paying attention. No, you still Super finished, close. You still finished was behind third. me. Somehow third. I'm up there. Still finished behind me. And yeah. it was just it was just terrible. Well, that's that's also in our in our league, and I'm, I'm glad it's not a paying league because any sort of gambling, I'm automatically going to lose. Doesn't yeah, matter, doesn't matter how, yeah. how much effort I put into it. But in our league, also, it looks like half the people aren't even playing anymore, but they still have teams that automatically drafted people. Yeah, and and when like Brooke has a team, she's in two years. She doesn't mess with it, and she beat me like twice <laughs> at least. <laughs> and she, in, in that one league, she was ahead of me. She ended up ahead of me, and she doesn't even look at it. So, Bryn, my my, my oldest daughter, has she runs her own fantasy football leagues, mm-hmm. and she runs them at school. They had an uneven number of people, so they had a managerless league. Bryn played against the managerless league in her playoffs, like in her <laughs> for the for the championship. The managerless team beat uh, some kids in the playoffs. That's basically where we were. They're like there were teams. I know people weren't playing, and and they were winning. They were at least. Or doing very well at the very least. I don't believe they didn't win the championship. Now, I'll tell you what I wanted to do, and now it's and now it's kind of hard. I'll tell you a funny story about this. So our friends Sean and Caroline, I'll be the judge of that. They are um, they get they are part of a pick'em league. You ever done one of those? No. All right. Here's the here's the whole basis behind it. You have the entire NFL schedule mm-hmm. ahead of you at uh, at the beginning of the year. You pay a hundred dollars, hundred dollar buy in. Mm-hmm. Week one pops up, you choose the team out of all the matchups that you know is going to win. So you look and you see, like, beginning of the year, I know last year the Carolina Panthers sucked. Mm-hmm. The Buffalo Bills were great. The Bills play the Car- the Carolina Panthers at the Bills. I'm going with the Bills. I'm pretty sure they're going to win. Mm-hmm. So you go and you take the Bills, and the Bills win. They beat the Panthers. And you move on to the second week. Anyone who picked a, a pick that didn't work, they are now out. Mm-hmm. And you go about it, 
until you have one person standing at the end of the year and that person collects the money. Here's the deal, though. Once you select the bills once, you cannot select them again, which means at some point in the year, you've got to pick the Carolina Panthers. So, like, with this year, the Carolina Panthers versus the the Tennessee Titans. Oh, that's a bad example. Um Versus the Tennessee, the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons, mm-hmm. uh, and then you'd have like another matchup that, or they you got to choose between the Cowboys and the Eagles. I'm like, well, crap! I'm now deep into the season. I don't know which one I want. Sean and Caroline were part of this thing where this guy was was running this league, and the winner won like ten grand. Like it was, Jesus. it was nuts. It was absolutely nuts. Well. You know, you know why they don't do it anymore? You got busted because PayPal figured out that it was a, a gambling thing, uh, and they and they uh, they shut it down. It was I think they got got in some trouble too. It was pretty. It was pretty funny. No, I didn't hear that. Yeah. So, all right. So, if you lose, are you automatically you're out, out altogether? You're out. Now, yeah. So that's the thing about it. It's like you got to. So if you at the first game of the season you pick somebody and they get upset, you're done. And do you pay a hundred bucks every time? Every no, game? you 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 pay a hundred bucks to get in. Okay. Now, here's what this guy's league did in order to make it even more enticing and to make the pot even bigger. You could buy back in one more time. Mm. So hundred dollars, oh, I'm out. All right, I'm gonna buy back in one more time with another hundred dollars. But I still have the marks off. If I've already chosen the bills, they're off my board. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna buy back in over this this one. Or it may have been like you could buy back in for like hundred and fifty. It was it was something. But you can only do it once, and it lets you back into the game like that. That that's pretty. E- that, that's pretty. That's pretty incredible, and it's crazy how much money people win off of it. But it's kind of like you said before. I never did it because I I just should. I, it, yeah. There's no reason for me. I should just mail the guy a hundred dollars. Right. Like right. I just here you go. I'm done. I don't, I'm, I'm never going to see this. Yeah. I'm, not. I'm really bad with gambling. Like I'm not. I'm. It's funny. I was like I'm not a bad card player. I'm actually out of anything, probably playing. Uh, people love blackjack. I've, I've, I never have. I mean, not that I'm bad at it, uh, but I, I I could sit around and play poker. Mm. But when it comes to sports betting, no, it's no way. There's no way. I, I I'm just terrible at it. Well, even poker. Like I like. I only recently, like in the past couple of years, sort of uh, started playing poker a little bit with just with friends, and that's fun, especially when there's like very low stakes. You know. Money is is very. Low. Somebody's gonna walk away with fifty bucks tonight at the yeah, end of that. Like, yeah, there's like a ten dollar buy in or something. sure. Yeah, you know, that's that's it's easy enough. I don't mind losing ten dollars, and I usually do. Uh, sometimes I win a little bit, but regardless, the point is I've just never been good at it. Like in Brooks' family, they're like uh, card sharks. <laughs> the Brooks family. Oh man, they used to have uh, this this uh, weekly poker game, which I believe was illegal, um, in their garage. Uh, in their neighborhood, and with all kinds of money, and <laughs> and so, they, but they've been playing poker for years. Like they used to, like when they were kids, their parents would take them to Vegas for, you know, for vacation, and they would, they would play poker. Brookwood, oh, really? Yeah, Brooke, oh, and wow. her sister's really good at. So is is Brooke really good? Yeah, she was really good. I haven't heard her play in a while, yeah. but uh, she was really good. Um, Joey, her sister, is really good. They they win all the time. Her dad is really good. Her mom is really. They all they are like a poker playing family. Me, I, I barely knew even how to play, and so I went one time to their sort of big high stakes game, and they're like, "We're gonna show you how to play poker." I'm like, "I don't know." Like, oh, come on, come on, come on! And so I played like one hand and got destroyed, <laughs> and I didn't know what was going on. People were looking at me; they were angry at me because I wasn't doing it right. And I'm, right? I, I yeah. Just, I just, I'm not doing this. Like, it was such a terrible experience. I didn't want to even touch it again for years, and then only recently where I picked it up a little bit. As long as the stakes were low. And it was just for fun. Like I'm like, that's the you know one of the hardest things about gambling is is all the aspects of it, and that that's the thing I never wanted to do. You know, I, I don't worry about it so much in a casino. Save one thing, and I'll come back in a second. Um, I don't worry about a casino because someone's going to walk you through what to do, mm-hmm. or you can sit there and basically figure it out. Maybe you don't know, you know how to play blackjack. You may not understand how to double down and stuff like that, so you may miss out on some opportunities. But you could get you could sit down and play blackjack. Just knowing the basics of it. I never want to do anything, though, at somebody's house where I mess it up. Mm-hmm. Like, I can, yeah. I, I'll I'll sit and play the basics, but I don't want to do anything that's going to mess anything up. Um, 
the thing in a casino that both intrigues me and scares the crap out of me is uh, craps. Because everybody at the craps table looks like they're having the time of their life. Yeah. And I have no idea what's going on when I look at that table. I don't. I just know. I just, it doesn't make sense if you look at the table. I've never been to an actual craps table. I've just seen it in movies. And in movies, you're right. They make it look either really great or really awful. Like you right. win big or you lose, you know. Everything house, in the first roll. House. Yeah. Yeah. So my brother in law and I were talking about that. He loves craps. Mm hmm. And he's got this whole system about how he holds the dice the first time he gets up there. And he was he was explaining. He's like, I don't even understand the rules. Of right. He's like trying to explain it to me. He's like, well, you get up there and you want to run it, roll any number, but you don't want to roll a seven. But you can bet on a couple of things. Like if I do this over here, I get to uh, I win uh, ten times as much. But I can bet on it's going to be this. I can also bet against the table. I can bet there's going to be this kind of thing going on. I can bet that I'm going to put on purple shoes tomorrow. Like it doesn't make sense. Mm. All the different bets that exist on that table. So it's very um it's very intimidating mm -hmm. to just walk up to a casino and it's like, mm, yes, I'm gonna bet on this. It's like, uh, sir, that's the uh dice line. You can't bet on that. Like I don't I don't know. <laughs> so I don't want to sit down, but I mean, people just lose their mind. Like every if they if there's a craps table on a cruise ship, people are having a blast. Until somebody does something and they're the they're the yeah. world's worst person in the world. Yeah, and I just don't I just don't want to be that guy. I'm already that guy for a number of people. I don't want to be that for anybody else. So to end to to wrap up here, um, we're gonna have some new music for bumpers here. Yeah, at the I'll, local bar soon. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, I was looking over. Um, some older American Gun songs of mine that I hadn't listened to in a long time. Yeah, and I was gonna send you some some of those links to them. So you can use those too. They're, they're really good. I haven't thought about them in a long time, but you can both use those as well. You know, what I have you know I have sitting on my piano right now two CDs. I have a Lot Nest Johnny's CD mm -hmm. and a a crap American Gun CD. No. Ace and Shelley. Oh, the um <laughs> Oh my god, what's in these beers? I don't know. <laughs> Not Cotton Town. No, the Delta Swagger. Delta Swagger. Delta, Delta Swagger. Swagger. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they don't listen to our show. Uh yeah, Ace brought this over to me the other day. I have yeah. a, 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 I throw a couple of Loch Ness Johnny songs on here. Please do. Like none of the Loch Ness Johnny stuff is online. I, I yeah, that's why Ace brought me the C D because yeah. I was looking for it. I asked him about it one day and he uh he said no, it's not. Kevin Kevin's been bugging me, not lately, but for a long time he did to put it online. I was like why did you never do that? Well, time. Like, I'm doing other things. Like, I'm making new music. And does so it take a lot to put stuff? It does take a lot of time. Because, first of I, all. I put this podcast on iTunes every week. But not very well. Okay. So, <laughs> so what? <laughs> so, what I what I would need People to do. People still listen. What I would need to do is I'm not going to rip a CD. I would need to go and find the masters and get them and I would probably, Oh, cuz you wouldn't re Okay. I, I would probably you. want to get yeah. them remastered or remixed because those first Loch Ness Johnny albums were like I didn't know what like I only feel comfortable in a studio in the past 3 4 albums. But the first, you know, 8 or 9 it was a learning experience, especially yeah. his first album. So I I would do things way differently now. So I would I would need to find those masters and I think I know where some of them are. Get them remastered or get them remixed, and then go through the process to put them online. And I could do that, but it will take time. And I just, I'm, I'm just too busy moving forward with new other music, stuff. Yeah, new music. Eventually, I think I will. Or if I can find somebody to work for me for free who wants to <laughs> do all this work, <laughs> and sure, if I get like an assistant who wants some college credits, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. As musicians, we're always like, we, it, it, I don't know if people know this or not, but like one of the biggest slap in the faces is when someone's like, hey, will you come play for me? It'll give you some exposure. It's like, I don't need exposure, dude. I need dollar bills. Yeah, right. Well, we are the first group to turn around and be like, hey, so if somebody wants to do this for free, 
I would love it. What do you art people that does this sound crap? Like, let's just do this for me. I mean, you like doing this, right? That's, That's right. why you want to do it. Isn't this like your favorite thing? You're all about this, right? No, but it it will take some time. If I'm going to do it, it's gonna. I want to. I would want to do it right. There's going to be a day that fans are going to want the complete Don Merkel okay. collection. Oh yeah. And Lot Ness Johnny would have to be there. How many albums did Lot Ness Johnny have? We made five. Okay. Yeah. And that was before, before streaming. Yeah. Yeah. Before Spotify. Before iTunes. You guys were like you. So uh, wrapping things up here a little bit. We. It's it's funny we we've got uh, I'm going on the rock boat the one thing that we've talked about here before, mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to be on this rock boat with Susto, mm-hmm. who you and I played with at the Jam Room Festival. Oh yeah. Somehow yeah. they took off and mm-hmm. we did not. Uh, it's it still <laughs> still floors me to this day. Uh, uh, but uh, you you played you, y'all did stuff with like Carbon Leaf. I saw them on the rock boat last year. You yeah. Linus Johnny did a lot of big stuff. You guys were we doing played, yeah, you, we did like, yeah. That was a that was a big deal. Well, in the in the early two thousands, uh, Celtic rock had kind of had a resurgence, a resurgence. Yeah. yeah, and it was like yeah. a big deal. And so we were sort of in the middle of it, and we got to do a lot of touring, at least in the, on the East Coast, and the bigger festivals. We got to play with the bigger bands, and it was. Yeah, we got to play with a lot of really cool people. It was it was it was a good time for a while for sure. Um, yeah, that just seems like a hundred years ago now. Would you uh, to wrap up? Will you tell Will you tell the story that you were telling me the other night about the the uh, most expensive three songs you ever played? Oh yeah, uh, so we used to play at this place called Reraz in Charlotte, and there's there's a chain of Reraz that goes up these or it was anyway. I don't know if it still is. They closed, yeah. That goes up, went up the East Coast because one time we did a tour up the East Coast and we just played mostly re-rise. Oh, you did? I, I didn't know that part yeah. of it. Oh, okay. Charlotte and Raleigh yeah. and like Baltimore or, or, or Worcester, Massachusetts, and then uh, Maine, I think. Like, we went all the way up there. Holy crap, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Just touring the chain? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we were really in tight with the re-rise people. Like, okay. And they would hire it. They would. You know, book us to play their big festivals in Charlotte and Raleigh all the time. Good thing you lost that connection. That's great. Well, they like a lot of places, a lot of venues. They went through changes, went through management changes, went through owner changes. And whenever a new management comes in, a new owner comes in, it's like they never heard of you before. Yeah, you have to start all over again. That's just the way it is. But for a while there, we were kind of a big deal at for any Reraz event, any any especially a you know since it was St. Patrick's Day stuff. Yeah, especially yeah. And so we played the St. Patrick's Day Festival for Reraz in Charlotte, and it was a really big deal. Like it was, they had this whole parking lot, and it was packed to the gills. People were losing their minds, and and uh, it was a giant tent. There was a stage, and it was super loud. And they had to escort us to the stage, and like you know, <laughs> push people away. And people were jumping on the stage, and people were getting their hands all over us. I, I, you know, it was just kind of complete funny. rock and roll experience. Exactly. Yeah. Not that I even entirely sure they knew who we were they were just having a great time <laughs> they were, they were, they were just, three sheets yeah, yeah. gone but they were yeah. like this man obviously and we were the headliners and it was oh really, wow yeah we were the headliners it's the last show of the eve of the evening we jumped on stage and we got to it man we started rocking it was really loud and it was fun we got maybe three songs in and they pulled the plug on everything because it was too loud there's a noise ordinance apparently that either re-rise didn't uh, get situated. They didn't have the right uh, paperwork or something. I don't know. Yeah, whatever it was, yeah. they stopped the whole thing and said, "We're done." And everybody dispersed. And and then we got paid seventeen hundred dollars <laughs> to play three, <laughs> three songs. songs. <laughs> and it was like, hell yeah! <laughs> there are bands out there today that don't get seventeen hundred dollars we for like, three songs. <laughs> we were like. Did you see that? Did you see what just happened? We played three songs. We paid $1,700. It was like, and it was like this crazy rock and roll experience. We've had a, we had a few, not a lot. We had a few like rock and roll experiences where we had, uh, you know, escorts and, and, yeah. and, and, and handlers and green rooms and whatever a few times. And it was, it was really cool, really interesting and really fun. Uh, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it seems like a whole other life. whole ago. other life. Like yeah. something you watch on TV. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy how time will do that to you. Mm-hmm. Well, at least this band is still together. 
What are these that, days? That's a whole other story. We'll what? save that for the part two. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by the bar. We've picked up your tab, but if you'd like to leave the best bartenders you know a tip, head over to patreon.com forward slash local bar and support the show. Any support is greatly appreciated. If you'd like to drop us a line, send your emails to chad at localbarmedia.com. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. This podcast is part of a local bar media. For this and other shows, visit localbarmedia.com. So 